the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And you thought the NCAA was bad already. The NCAA has been a rotten to the core bureaucracy, actually, for a long time. Um, The stupidity knows no bounds. Believe me, I covered sports for a long time, and it's just beyond belief how stupid things are and have been in the NCAA. There's always been plenty of corruption. So what's the best way to fix it? Get the federal government involved. How about a little more bureaucracy, a little more corruption and stupidity? That's what's going on now. Uh, The feds are teaming up with the NCAA to come up with a way to pay players. And it would mostly be football and basketball players. And and right now it's mostly um, about just giving them the right to make money from their names, images, and likenesses. That's why it's called the NIL law. And it would seem to be opening up a can of worms that's going to only make things worse. Not for the players, I guess. Uh, They should end up with some money in their pockets. But for the sports that are controlled by the NCAA. And it should add to the corruption that already exists in major college football and basketball, where players at the major programs, anyway, are already paid huge sums of money in many cases in the form of uh, bags of cash when they're recruited. Uh... Just a a bag, literally, a bag or a suitcase full of cash. A lot of my liberal friends in the sports media would have you believe that these kids should be pitied, that they're being exploited. But what they're actually getting is up to $250,000 worth of education for playing a sport. And that doesn't include uh, the free meals and the free doctors and lots of other little perks that they get. There are also way too many kids taking up space on college campuses, uh, taking ridiculous worthless courses in stupid majors and too many of them are only there because the nfl and the nba won't let them in they won't get let them in until they're uh in the nba's case one year out of high school and the nfl's it's three and they won't let them in because they like having a course a free minor league system that's why they have those rules that has nothing to do with the colleges it's the nfl and the nba who won't let them in and of course most of the players at the major college level uh, they go there entertaining the idea that they're going to play in the NFL or the NBA, when in fact they're not. Uh, only about 2% of them will, maybe less. So there was a time when a college education was plenty payment uh, enough for a kid who who uh, wanted to play football or basketball or a lot of other sports uh, that get scholarships, but especially football and basketball. That's who get the the, the big bucks. But not anymore, and it's not enough anymore. We'll talk about the... NIL laws with a sports attorney after the break coming up here. And then in our second half hour uh, tonight, beginning at right around 535, we're going to talk to the author of a book called Last Days of New York, which kind of speaks for itself, doesn't it? Stick around. Do you have three ex-wives and your current trophy wife wants a life insurance policy three times the size of the policies you had to purchase for your previous mistakes? If so, you need to call Big Lou at Term Provider, 800-555-2085. Big Lou is intimately familiar with your problems, and if you're 50 or 60 years old and in reasonably good health, a $1 million policy should only cost about $100 to $200 per month. Big Lou may have a solution for you your previous policies as well. You may even save enough money to lighten the load on your new $1 million policy. Remember, call Big Lou. He's like you, except he's only on number two. Call Term Provider at 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. For a million dollars in term life insurance that you can live with, call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. 
Remember when those quarters came out depicting different states? Did you keep some from your home state or a state that held a special memory? They're just quarters, but a quarter can be significant when it's a quarter of your retirement savings. Do you want to pay 25% or more in taxes during your retirement? Beth Andrews and her team at NetWorth Advisors can create a retirement plan to help address taxes in retirement. Beth and her team have been helping families plan for retirement for more than 20 years. They have strategies to help you keep as much of your money as possible. Call Beth Andrews and the NetWorth Advisors team now at 800-426-1428 to schedule a visit. A quarter saved is a quarter earned. Call 800-426-1428 now. That's 800-426-1428 firm offers insurance services and may not give tax advice. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com code 3388. Enjoy. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing, as this is one product that actually works. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors, so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can be used in a carpet cleaning machine, and it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Genesis 950 is made in America. If you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial-strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery, and grease stains. Consider Genesis 950 before purchasing new carpets. Genesis 950 has great customer service. Order one gallon direct at Genesis950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and $10 coupon using code PETS. That's $10 coupon using code PETS. That's Genesis950.com. Discount only available at Genesis950.com. Genesis 950, much cheaper than replacing your carpets. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Now, lots of people, maybe uh, most people, including, I think, in the sports media, believe that college football players and basketball players should be, uh, should be paid. And, um, and everybody seems to believe that they, they should be paid, uh, for, for the, at least for their names, their images, and their uh, likeness. And I, I think that uh, it, you know it's it's maybe it maybe on its way. Congress is involved in trying to make that happen right now, and I think that um, we we have a guy here who might be able to talk about that and help us out a little bit. Uh, that would be Darren Leitner. He's the uh, sports attorney and has been following the Senate hearings. He joins us now. Darren, thanks for being here. Glad to be here. So, um, why is Congress involved in this, Darren? Congress is involved because the NCAA has done absolutely nothing when it could have for years. So Congress is looking at the fact that now five states have passed name, image, and likeness legislation with the enactment date of uh, July 1 of this year, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, New Mexico, with Illinois, Texas, Louisiana likely to do the same, and Nebraska and Oklahoma with laws where schools in those states can do it. So Congress is looking at the picture right now and sees that there are many states offering these rights in the near future. The state laws vary state by state, and so Congress feels as though this, these are rights that athletes deserve across the country um, and that it shouldn't be a state-by-state issue, and the NCAA doing nothing, Congress probably should do something at some point in the near future. And we are talking to Darren Heitner, not Leitner, as I said there. I'm the worst with names. I make mistakes all the time. Sorry, Darren. Uh, 
Um, no problem. <laughs> so, so a lot of states have already passed. How many states have these laws already? As of right now, 19 states have the laws, but as I mentioned, five of them um, are to go live July 1 of yeah. this year. So that's why July 1st is an important date, which ain't that far away. Yeah, what, 20 days away, right? So it's, it's yeah. very close. So, um, what? well, two things. First of all, what makes uh, anybody believe that Congress will act, uh, the, 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 the United States federal government, getting involved in what's already a rotten bureaucracy known as the NCAA, that it's going to actually make things better. Does anybody think that? I don't think that anyone necessarily thinks that Congress will make things better. But, um, you know, there, there, are, there is momentum. There is a belief that this is something that all athletes deserve to benefit from, no matter what state or school they're in and playing for. And so I think there's a hope that Congress will do the dirty work here and at least provide these rights that the NCA has been reluctant to do thus far, despite the NCA providing recommendations on this subject, besides the NCAA creating legislation that was supposed to be voted on by the Division One Council back in January. It's done absolutely nothing. So as we just talked about, 20 days away, um, you know, Congress is looking at the, the scenario. Congress heard from President Mark Emmert yesterday, uh, who begged Congress to do something. And so... My belief is that Congress ultimately will do something. I just don't think it'll be any time in the near future because there are still so many issues being worked out going beyond name, image, and likeness. And, and look, politics are, are becoming involved in this whole thing. It, they've taken what's a nonpartisan issue and made it quite partisan. Yeah, and, and uh, Emirat and the NCAA were uh, not exactly on board with this when uh, it was first suggested, were they? They've been... Uh, they've sort of sort of come around on the idea that they're going to have to do this, haven't they? Yeah, they, they, they absolutely were against it initially. And if you heard Mark Emmer just yesterday on Capitol Hill in the hearing, he said that he is now in support of providing athletes these name, image, and likeness rights. You know, his hand has been pushed completely. He can't take an opposite position because, as I mentioned, this is an issue that no matter if you're Democrat, Republican, you do believe that athletes deserve these rights. It's just a matter of what other rights do they potentially deserve and what rights should the NCAA get? And so you have some more conservative-leaning people saying the NCAA should have some protections against litigation, whereas some of the more liberal-leaning individuals want to go beyond name and likeness, go to health care, insurance, uh, uh, concussion protocols, so on and so forth. And that's sort of what's delaying everything from happening in Washington, D.C., um, and uh, see, I, I'm I, I'm not necessarily one of those people who believe that athletes, uh, uh, college athletes, should be paid. I think they are already paid uh, up to could be two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for playing football or basketball, or uh, I guess that's those are the two main sports where it happens. But um, uh, uh, what, what at what point did it become that getting a college education, which is now worth a ridiculous amount of money in most places? At what point did that become not enough? Well, I, I don't think it's, a, it's an issue of whether or not that's enough or not enough. I think the problem is if you look at any college campus, every single individual there has the ability to create his or her own business, to sign endorsement deals if they're marketable, to make money off of advertisements on social media. We can't ignore the power of social media like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc., Yet the one class of individuals who are singled out and told that they cannot are college athletes. So I think it's about more than, more than the issue of whether or not scholarships and room and board and, and cost of attendance is enough. I think it's more of an individual rights issue in question and whether or not these athletes should honestly have lesser rights than their colleagues on campus. And I'm certainly of the belief that they should be on an equal playing field. These are not rights that should have been taken away from them. And this is not saying that schools and athletic departments should be paying the athletes. That's not what this is at all about. It's just saying if, they ha if they're marketable, let them make some money off the field. Let them make some money off the court. If there's yeah, a musician I mean, I on campus, you know, he or she can make money. Why not an athlete? Well, the, the, per the other people on campus aren't getting to go to college for free. That's, you know, no, many of them, them would though. give up. 
Pardon me? Some of them are. I mean, it's when there's not just athletic scholarships. There's academic scholarships too. So yeah, right. I just you know, the mere fact that they're receiving a scholarship, I don't think provides justification for um, preventing them from these types of rights. That's all. And and again, I'm yeah. not necessarily a proponent of pay the athletes from the ticket revenues and, and school sponsorship revenues. But if it's not affecting the colleges in any way, I don't see any harm. Well, is, is this, uh, does it come back to the amateurism sham that, that uh, <laughs> they're trying to promote that they're so the, the purity of it all. And uh, is, you know, is, how much of it is, is based on that? I, I because um, if they, 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 they show. They seem to. They act like they're really, really defensive about making sure that the amateur purity is is uh, maintained. And and then you know there are guys getting ba- uh, bags full of money under the table before they you know before they show up as a fr- uh, as a freshman. There are people who well, are already being paid. That. We just don't. They don't yeah, start right. Above board. We we can all turn our heads and ignore the fact that you just mentioned, which is that you know, people are getting paid under the table, and amateurism is absolutely a sham. It's it's not the foundation for why there's a movement to provide name, image, and likeness rights. But I think that if you listen to Mark Emmert yesterday at the hearing on Capitol Hill, I mean he's he's hanging on to it, but by a thread. I mean he's still pro- a proponent saying we have to keep amateurism in place and, you know, student first and so on and so forth. Well, we know the reality. We know the reality of what college athletes and athletics are all about. And so, um, you know, again, it, it, this isn't an effort, though, to, to destroy amateurism. I, by and large, most people across the country love college sports, and I don't think that's going to change if college athletes can now make some money off the field, off the court. Um, but, you know, again, it, it's not to kill amateurism, but, yeah, you know what? If this goes a step further, uh, or a few steps further, at some point in time, I don't think the NCAA will be able to say that amateurism is a thing and try to justify it. Yeah, and at some point, at one point, it was uh, call it. They were college athletes who played football or basketball, and uh, even you know you can go back a hundred years, and and there were there were players being paid. You know the big stars were getting something. There was cheating going on way back then, but but it was it was college students playing football, and has it has it evolved in too many cases to football players going to college, and and you know there has to be if you look at the difference between the sports, you can be a baseball player or a hockey player, and your ability to do algebra or understand Chaucer has nothing to do with your ability to become a professional athlete. But the, the two are connected for some reason with football and basketball because there is no place for a, for a 20-year-old, 19-year-old football player to go as there is for a hockey player or a baseball player. That's 100% correct. That's a really good point. I mean, as you mentioned, a lot of very talented baseball players don't even go to college. They get drafted That's right out I mean. of high school. Right, go into the minors um, and maybe spend a little bit of time there and then go to the majors if they're lucky. Uh, hockey, there's other options. Even basketball now. You can go to the G League, um, spend a year, Europe, then yeah. go to the NBA. You go to Europe, as you mentioned. There's an overtime league, which is going to start up where six, the highest-rated 16-year-olds can play for money before they even are eligible to be in college. So football is that one outlier where there's no option other than to go to college for at least a couple of years participate and, and then make it in the NFL. And what does that do to the corruption where you have kids who show up? Uh, I mean, this is why I'm kind of cynical about the whole thing, uh, Darren. We're talking to Darren Heitner. Uh, he's a sports agent uh, and a sports attorney. Uh, we're talking about the NIL laws that have been uh, discussed in the United States Senate in the last few days. Um, that's why I'm a little cynical about this, because um, a baseball player... I, I don't know what well, I'm here in Pittsburgh. I, I I don't know what Andrew McCutcheon got on his SATs, but you know he he got out of high school and went and played baseball and somewhere for a few years, and now he's uh, he's finishing his major league career and he's made tens of millions of dollars. Sidney Crosby has uh, never went to a day of college. Mario Lemieux never went to a day of college, and that had nothing whatsoever to do with their ability to play the sport they want to play. It, it, and so I. I, I, this whole amateur thing, uh, it, and it's and I don't blame the colleges. I blame the NFL and the NBA for the stupid rules that they have that prevent players from getting in. 
That's what does it. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's hard for me to say because I also understand from the NFL's perspective, and perhaps this is not right, but the way that the body develops with football players and the speed of the game in the NFL the size of the players that perhaps allowing kids to go straight from high school to the NFL would put them at risk of severe injury, devastating injuries for the rest of well, their lives. How about a minor leg? How about a well, minor leg like baseball? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a possibility. And there's been so many like leagues that have tried to start up that have just been ultimate failures throughout the years when it comes to professional football. But I, I think that that would be great if there was the entertainment factor, the attention, the desire for, for something like that, um, it would be interesting to see something like that tried out and perhaps uh, be successful. Yeah, the, uh, uh, the XFL, uh, or I think it was the XFL, the, the latest uh, incarnation of the XFL that went down the toilet, their plan was to uh, just sign kids whenever they feel like coming out of college. Uh, and uh, a kid who's playing uh, linebacker at Clemson, who everybody looks at and says, this guy's good enough to be in the NFL right now, wouldn't have to wait another year. And then you have all these guys who don't play in bowl games, because they're, uh, which I wouldn't either if I were them, um, you know, because they don't want to get hurt and, and jeopardize the, the, their draft status. Uh, it all changes if somehow the NFL comes up with its own feeder system instead of depending on colleges. And and so I guess what I'm asking you is is all this this uh, allowing them to make money from their likenesses and images and all and their names and everything that goes with this law. I really don't have a big problem with it, but I I, I just think it's it's phony because it's 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 maintaining uh, a minor league for the NFL, the NBA. Uh, and and then that is what's really exploiting the kids because these kids go there thinking they're going to uh, play in the NFL, which they're not, 99% of them, and they major in stupid majors and take stupid courses and take up space, too many of them on a college campus, and this will just make it worse. That's yeah, me. But at, least, at least it'll provide them an opportunity to make some money. I mean, if you think about it, there are a lot of athletes who may have been blue-chip prospects that never make it to the professional ranks, whether it be because of an injury or otherwise. And at right. least now they'll have the capacity to, to make some money while they're in college, while they're putting their bodies on the line for their universities. And I agree with you. A lot of these athletes are obviously taking courses and uh, taking majors that, that don't necessarily mean anything uh, in the grand scheme of things. And they're really there majoring in football or basketball. I don't think anything's going to change that, to be honest. Um, and and yeah. so at least with, with name, image, and likeness, they can start to receive some benefits while they're there. Outside, well, you know of, what I'd outside of cost, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'd like to see, Darren? I'd like to see somebody do a study on how many uh, on some of these kids. If you look up, at, I've done this many times, look up the majors, the most popular majors at some of the big football programs and basketball, but mostly football. And then do a study on how many of these kids who, who get degrees or even don't get degrees, how many of them actually are working right now in the fields in which they studied. Uh, because they didn't go to the NFL or the NBA because nobody does, basically. Yeah. No, very, very few do. Very small percentage. Yeah. That's right. Last, last thing. Um, I've got about a minute left. How does, the, uh, how does antitrust come in on, in, on any of this? You know, it, it doesn't necessarily, although the NCAA is concerned that if it gets involved and allows or, or does not allow certain activities to take place, that it's putting itself at the risk of exposure um, because it is, not, it is potentially conspiring with others and, and preventing people from opportunity. So at its core, it shouldn't be an antitrust issue. There is a, a pending Supreme Court case, Austin v. NCAA, that deals specifically with antitrust um, and whether or not there can be caps on educational-related benefits. But um, the hope is here that if you provide a free market economy where athletes can get whatever it is that they're worth, which Mark Few, Gonzaga coach yesterday on Capitol Hill said should be the case, then the hope is there wouldn't be antitrust concerns. Um, and, uh, Darren, i got to go. I'm out of time. Where can people find you? Darren Heitner. Uh, yeah, my name, at Darren Heitner on Twitter and really any social media. Hey, very good. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Hope to have you on again. Cleared up some things for us. 
Appreciate it. Great to talk to you. Take care. Okay, that's Darren Heitner. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Speaking from St. Ives, England, President Biden says the United States has been a leader in the global fight against the COVID pandemic. Over the past four months, we've taken a number of steps toward this historic effort. We have contributed more than any nation to COVAX, a collective global effort that is delivering COVID-19 vaccines across the world. We've supported manufacturing efforts abroad through our partnerships with Japan, India, and Australia. He's also calling on other countries to follow the American lead. Earlier, he met with British Prime Minister Boris Johnson. And Johnson & Johnson says U.S. health officials have extended the expiration date for millions of doses of its COVID-19 vaccine by an extra six weeks. The Dow ahead 90 points, the NASDAQ up 107. This is SRN News. Have a traumatizing childhood memory of an Easter egg hunt. The big hunt was a big deal in our family. And I have this memory of running and excitedly reaching for eggs, only to have my big brother and sister sweep in and steal them at the last second. It's Ryan. And unfortunately, this is a traumatizing reality our Faith and Family Mortgage Team is seeing from families across the country. Families are finding their dream home, only to have it pulled away by another hunter at the last second. At United Faith Mortgage, we unfortunately cannot scare off the other hunters, but we can very quickly get you pre-approved and make it look as good as possible to sellers. And then, once you do grab that Easter egg, see our story and read how our direct lender advantage can often save your family monthly and lifelong money at unitedfaithmortgage.com. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA, United Mortgage Corp, 25 Middle Park Road, Middle New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Or corporate Animalist number 1335. Rack Animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. Licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Dr. Sebastian Gorka punches back. The president's statement, he said it is white supremacy that is the greatest threat to America now. Greater than ISIS, greater than Al-Qaeda. And trying to think of those massive massacres by white supremacists of the last, oh, I don't know, 12 months? As opposed to Black Lives Matter, as opposed to Antifa. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 3, right before John Steigerwald at 5 on AM 1250. The answer. Swim trunks and milk. Whether you're on vacation or getting groceries, if you don't make a list, chances are you'll forget something. The same is true in retirement. If you want to make sure you haven't overlooked anything, Roy and Jason Locks at the Synergy Group can help. They have a checklist to help you find out if you're on the right track for retirement. Take the checklist challenge. If you can check all the boxes on the list with confidence, you may be ready for retirement. If not, the Synergy Group can help you address any potential costly mistakes. For the complimentary checklist, visit SynergyGroupInc.com slash checklist. See if you've got it right. Take the checklist challenge today at SynergyGroupInc.com slash checklist. That's SynergyGroupInc.com slash checklist. Firm provides insurance services. Securities offered through JW Cole Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through JW Cole Advisors. JW Cole Financial and JW Cole Advisors are not affiliated with the Synergy Group Inc. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. Ugh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom! Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP-Pittsburgh. W223CS-Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Of afternoon, a lot of weather delays on 579 Crosstown Boulevard. Looking pretty solid from Veterans Bridge all the way through to Liberty Bridge. Parkway East, it is really jam-packed inbound between Forest Hills and the Fort Pitt Bridge. On the outbound side, also very heavy from Boulevard of the Allies to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. An accident to watch out for in Banksville. This is Banksville Road at Banksville Avenue. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather.
Mostly cloudy skies are expected for tonight. It will be humid with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. We'll see a low tonight of 67. Tomorrow, we'll wrap up the week under mostly cloudy skies. It'll be humid with a couple of thunderstorms. Expect a high tomorrow of 76. Times of clouds and sunshine on tap for Saturday. Saturday's high, 84. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Now, a long time ago, Chuck Knoll was asked about a running back named Sidney Thornton who was having some troubles. Um, and uh, they asked Chuck what he thought was going on with Sidney, and Chuck said, Sidney has many problems, and they are great, which is one of my favorite <laughs> um, quotes from Chuck Knoll. You might say the same thing about uh, New York City. There's Always been a little nice place to visit, but I wouldn't want to live there feeling about the place, I guess. But now it looks, at least from here, like a major hellhole to, to avoid at all costs. Seth Barron is a contributor at City Journal. He's the managing editor of American Mind. And he's also the author of a new book called The Last Days of New York, A Reporter's True Tale. And he joins us now. Seth, thanks for being here. Glad to be here, John. So how bad is it right now, Seth? Well, look, I'm not. I'm not going to say it's at the levels of uh, Mogadishu, but uh, <laughs> it's certainly worse than it was. And here's the thing: even though we're not at the the peak of crime as it was 30 years ago, uh, the acceleration of crime and the uh, rapidity with which it's changed is shocking. It's never it's never changed this quickly, with murders going up 40 percent year to year, and uh, you know shootings and so forth. Uh, just going through the roof, like, you know, 70%, 100% increase in shootings. So uh, from that perspective and the deterioration of, uh, you know, the streets and the quality of life, it's, it's you know, it, it's been better. Let's put it that way. Yeah, out here in the hinterlands, uh, places like Pittsburgh, we see the stories. You know, you hear the talk. If you watch cable news, everybody knows what's been going on in New York. Um, but... As a person who's been there a long time, it, I mean, it, we see it. You see it on TV, and it it registers with you. But what's it like to be actually on the ground there and living there and and trying to work there? Is it a, a is it ex, uh, extremely obvious that things have gotten worse? The, is it is it in the air? Do you feel it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the streets are dirtier. There's uh, more people, which is sort of. Uh, you know, homeless people, extremely mentally ill people sort of lurking around. Um, you know, the criminal element is sort of sniffed the air and determined that there's a lot more they can get away with. Uh, I mean, the other day in Washington Square Park, people like, you know, were lighting off fire, like serious pyrotechnics. And ha- then they had like an exhibition, uh, an impromptu exhibition boxing match with gloves and everything. You know, this type of thing didn't happen before. Uh, and like I said, the filth, the subways are crowded with homeless people, and there's just a general sense of menace, uh, which hasn't been around for the last, you know, 20 years, really, 25 years. So, yeah, I, like I said, it's not, um, I mean, you, there's plenty of people outside, but at the same time, there's, there's also plenty of, uh, plenty of things to be careful about. Um, and how long have you lived in New York, Seth? About twenty-five years. And and so, are, are you saying it was you went you went back thirty years uh, and talked about how bad it was then? But has it ever been worse than you uh, since you've been there? It's it's really the direction in which things are trending that that's worrisome. Okay. Uh, and the quality of life has gotten worse. Um, you know, you didn't used to see junkies like shooting up on the street, uh, regularly. Now you do, um, you know, the, the lunatics are kind of free to, to go about their business. And but the thing is, what's really horrible is that this was all, um, implemented from above, uh, de Blasio came into office seven years ago and inherited a safe and prosperous city. And he and his cronies went systematically about dismantling the, uh, the, 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 the structure and the architecture of safety. And they gutted the, the pillars of our prosperity, I would say. Uh, you know, they imposed uh, laws like the right-to-know law, 
bail reform, uh, criminal discovery reform, a whole series decriminalization of things like public urination, decriminalization of marijuana, uh, all kinds of things that, that contribute to making New York a less safe and a less pleasant place to be. Run, of course, by Democrats. Uh, are they going to, when they uh, go to the polls, uh, are they going to elect another Democrat? Oh, indeed they will. Uh, you know, at this point, we have a one-party state. It's a Democratic state. And one of the problems with that is that they can run as far to the left as they want in the primary. In fact, they have to without worrying about a general election that's going to drag them back to the center. So they, you know, what you have is politicians just leapfrogging each other to the left and then nothing brings them back. So, you know, we just keep heading in this way. Uh, it's interesting. We're talking to Seth Barron. He's the author of The Last Days of New York, A Reporter's True Tale. Um, it used to be, at least, I mean, I've been around for a while. It, it, it seems that when things uh, would get as bad as you just described and as bad as most people know, uh, it has become in New York, that the people can't wait to throw that party out of office. Why doesn't it happen in places like New York City? And I know New York City is not the only city that keeps uh, keeps electing Democrats. I live in one that keeps doing it. But why, mm-hmm. did, why don't what, – what would it take for the people of New York? I mean, Rudy Giuliani became governor somehow. What would it take to, to change things? Well, I mean, governor, you know, I'm sorry, Rudy, Mayor, yeah. yeah. Rudy Giuliani was elected almost 30 years ago. And New York's a different city, uh, demographically, economically, morally, socially. So, uh, it, you know, it, it, we have a different electorate. And there's a way in which that's been designed by the politicians, too. You know, there's, there's an old saying, like, um, where, the, you know, the, the politicians wish they could elect a new people. Well, they've mm-hmm. effectively done that by driving out anyone who can't stand their policies, high tax, uh, lower quality, you know, poor, unsafe streets. Now, that that changed somewhat under Julian and Bloomberg, but, you know, I guess the people got um, complacent and they were happy to, uh, you know, elect someone who gave them all kind of promises of equality and, you know, that the people are going to fight all of the structural racism that that defines New York. Um, so, you know, people like this message. There's a lot of uh, hardcore leftists and a lot of people who like the idea of uh, class warfare and uh, racial division, frankly. And um, how many, what, what, the people in the media there, what, what are the media saying? Uh, about the the governing of the city, um, is it? Are there actually I mean, people there who don't think it's that bad? Oh yeah, I mean, by and large, they seem to think like that uh, that that crime, that the rising crime, violent crime, is just like this racist fiction. That um, it's not really that bad. That it's driven by. Uh, despair and poverty and inequality that uh, the police create crime by going into uh, neighborhoods and over-policing them. Uh, You know, so, sure. I mean, the media seem to think that de Blasio, it's unfortunate that he wasn't able to execute on all of his great ideas. That's as far as they'll go with their criticism. Uh, Yeah, the the quest for equity and, and fairness has done lots of damage in lots of places. Uh, de Blasio seems like an equity and fairness kind of guy, as you mentioned there. Um, yeah, how much of a role has that played, just the the, this, the, the fact that uh, the whole equity thing, the, that's the word oh, of, the, uh, of the decade? A huge, a, a huge amount. Uh, I mean, he came into office promising to, uh, for instance, the schools. You know, we've got some very good schools that you take, have to take a uh, a test to get in, a test to, you know, qualify to, for entry. Yeah. Um, these are some of the best schools in the country, Stuyvesant, Bronx Science. Um, but, you know, the, the, the advocates despise this system. Just yesterday it was announced that the lab school, which is a prestigious middle school, 
is going to stop offering advanced math classes. There no everybody's going to take the same math class. And you know what I call this? You've heard of no child left behind. Well, the new the new paradigm is no child gets ahead. Everybody <laughs> has to be at the same level. We can't have any schools that are elitist. We can't have any schools that track children that say that oh here's a kid who's super bright. Let's let him. Uh, you know, study, uh, you know, advanced calculus or whatever. No, everybody's got to be doing the same thing. Because if you let him study calculus, well, then you're implying that the other kids aren't smart enough to do calculus, and we know what that yeah. means. So, yeah, right. oh, it's terrible. His whole approach is, is, is to redistribute wealth, uh, higher taxes, dry, you know, business, screw them. So it's, it's, a, it's a typical liberal approach of saying things that uh, make people feel good and then uh, despite uh, the fact that you proved that what you tried to do did the opposite of what you wanted it to do people continue to think you're doing a nice job i i just never understand that well you know the, you just always say gosh it hasn't been i guess we didn't work hard enough i yeah. guess we didn't try, i guess it didn't you know oh the the wreckers got in the way if only the if only Fox News hadn't been on television. Right, you know. right. We're we're talking to Seth Barron. He's the author of The Last Days of New York: A Reporter's True Tale. So, um, do you notice people uh, who have been in New York uh, as long or longer than you have uh, getting out while they're getting as good? Uh, I know we've seen stories about people leaving, but is it visible to someone like you that you see are your friends bailing? Some are. Some are, yeah. A friend of mine, uh, I mean, he got, he picked up and moved his family. I mean, he he wanted to move to Central PA, uh-huh. but uh, he he only got to Rhode Island, which didn't strike <laughs> me as necessarily much better. But yeah. he, he says he says it's less uh, it's less hectic and 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 less uh, less frenzied with the um, the quality of life questions. But certainly, I mean, I know people are moving to Florida. Uh, I know someone who's moved to North Carolina. Um, look, I'm not going to say it's a mad rush for the exit, but it's certainly there. Are there just too many people living in New York City? I mean, would it be would it, if half the people left? Would would it fix things? <laughs> I don't know if that would really be a, be a be much of a solution because probably most of the people who left would be like the people who make all the money and yeah, pay right. all the taxes. Which you know we, we have a very we have a, it's a very expensive city, and it's got a very uh, high tax base, and they, you know, because they they spend a lot of money on uh, social services and things. So, you know, if you were to deplete the tax base, it would be uh, it would be pretty ugly. But Seth, the the title of your book is "The Last Days of New York." <laughs> I mean, that doesn't bode well for the uh, the Big Apple. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't, and it's a very grim. It's a very grim situation we're in. Uh, if you know, we used to have 65 million tourists a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if but if Times Square, if people are shooting each other in Times Square over like right. stupid disputes, well, then you know, busloads of seniors from New Jersey aren't going to come in to see a, a Broadway show. Right. Um, you know, if the subways have people stabbing each other on them, then office workers aren't going to want to rush back to the office. So, you know, whoever the next mayor is has quite a challenge ahead of him to fix things, but it's not even clear that he'll be able to because so many of the problems have been codified. I call it codified chaos. These new laws that have been put in place that make it impossible for the police to do their job. And this was all... This was all done like intentionally. This was all planned. So Listen, yes, I, it's, a, it's a tough situation. A, yeah, I, I live I live uh, about fifteen miles south of Pittsburgh, and uh, it's a it's a uh, you know it's, it's a suburb, but it's 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 approaching rural as you go a little bit further south, and so there's not a lot of crime and everything out here, but. I, I talked to a state cop not too long ago, uh, who I know out here, and he told me. He's, I forget the numbers, but he said he, you know, he used to give out 120 uh, speeding tickets a year or whatever the number was, and he said he's, he's doing one tenth of that now because he's just not going to. He is not going to risk his life to give somebody a speeding ticket. Is the same kind of thing happening in New York? Absolutely, it is. They have now imposed 
uh, well, there's a new um, right to know law, which means that the cops, if they stop somebody and want to search them, they have to very uh, proactively inform them that they don't have to consent to a search, which means that people just walk away with their guns in their pockets. Uh, they pass a diaphragm law to prevent uh, cops from uh, cutting off someone's breath. So if you touch, basically if you push on their chest at all while you're arresting them, even if they're resistant, you can be prosecuted. They got rid of qualified immunity, which means the cops can now be personally sued if they, they violate someone's rights during an arrest. So if you're a cop, hey, why bother? Just yeah. show up after the shooting, uh, take notes, and give it to the prosecutor. What's the point of, like, you know, chasing after people? Yeah, if I were a uh, cop in New York City, I'd be looking at South Dakota for uh, see if see if they need any cops out there. I'd be out of there so quick. Hey, Seth, uh, uh, good luck with the book. I appreciate you coming on. The last days of New York. I hope it's not the last days. And if they if they are if we are in the last days, I hope you escape. You know, at some point. Well, that'll be the plan. That'll be the plan. <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> Thank you, Seth. That's Seth Barron, and the book is The Last Days of New York, A Reporter's True Tale. We'll be right back. As dads, it's our job to capture as many memories with our kids as possible. It's also our job to embarrass them, and if we're lucky, we get to do both. That's why I'm thankful my son created Legacy Box the world's largest digitizer of home movies and photos. And I'll never recover from the time you showed up to my middle school dance to disco in front of everyone. Thanks, Dad. But he's right. Simply fill your legacy box with your old VHS, camcorder tapes, film reels, and photos, and we'll do the rest. And in just a couple of weeks, you'll get your originals back, along with a DVD, thumb drive, or cloud delivery. Stuff that even an old man like me can figure out. Check out Legacy Box today. Plus, for Father's Day, we're offering an incredible 50% off. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. This is one of the best discounts we've offered. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for 50% off. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners owners of South Coast Coast Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 836, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. And one way we can achieve that is by being debt-free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. That offers valid through 63021. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrustpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrustpittsburgh.com. 2021 is the perfect time to add a healthy new habit to your daily wellness routine. Good nasal hygiene. We all know there's bad stuff in the air, allergens, bacteria, viruses, and that some of it's very dangerous. So what can you do to protect yourself? Well, you can clean your nose with Navage. 
Your nose is the body's air filter, and with Navage, you help your body defend itself by flushing out the crud and germs. I'm Martin Hoke, and I invented Navage, the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. Navage is easy to use, affordable, and it has over 40,000 online reviews averaging 4.7 stars. Join millions of Navage users to relieve congestion and allergies, breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. At Navage.com, CVS, Walgreens, Bed Bath, Target, and Rite Aid. You wash your hands and brush your teeth every day. Let 2021 be the year you start cleaning your nose with Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Navage. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Well, you know, one of the things about the pandemic, uh, it's, it's done a really nice job of showing us just how inept the government usually is. This is a great story. How's, how's this for a headline for you? Okay. And then I'm going to guess that this doesn't surprise you in the least. This is from Axios, which is not a conservative site by any means. Half of the pandemic's unemployment money may have been stolen. Does that surprise you? I, I, I know people who've gotten the, the unemployment money who had no business getting unemployment money, but it's happening everywhere. But um, uh, Haywood Talcove, it says here, the CEO of LexisNexis Risk Solutions, estimates that at least 70% of the money stolen by imposters ultimately left the country, much of it ending up in the hands of criminal syndicates in China, Nigeria, Russia, and elsewhere. And uh, that's after this, this is, a, again, 50% of the money was has been taken, uh, stolen, basically. And 70% of that money is ending up in places like China and Russia. Uh, and uh, the scammers are stealing the personal information. They uh, use it to impersonate people. And then some other groups, they, it says here, they trick individuals into voluntarily handing over their personal information. There are mules, which are low-level criminals. They're given debit cards and asked to withdraw money from ATMs. The money then gets transferred abroad. Uh, uh, after unemployment insurance became the primary vehicle by which the U.S. government tried to keep the economy afloat, all that changed. Unemployment became where the big money was. It was also being run by bureaucrats who weren't as quick to crack down on criminals as private companies normally are. So just one more little aspect of the total ineptitude, the panic, the hysteria, and all the just idiotic things that happen because of the pandemic and your government doing its best work. Unbelievable. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.